Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law and Order Marathon winner is Michelle Donna of Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Michelle will receive a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Sarah D. Bunting, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedurals, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 9, Episode 2, Avatar. He was going to take Rachel to a cabin in the woods. People in AY can build anything. Maybe he built a digital dream house that can lead us to Lauren's body. The whole thing started in the game. Maybe he's got something else buried there. It's our best lead. If you can use the AY game to find Lauren's body, he won't stand a chance in court. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and host of Crime Writers on and Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcast, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. And your real-life wife. And I still, still love you, Kevin. Hello. You still love me? <laughs> After, <laughs> After all, all these time. years? Oh, great. <laughs> Rounding out our panel is our very special guest from The Blotter Presents and a million other great things, <laughs> Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. You got so old. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You know you know what's getting old is us talking on Twitter about my coming on this podcast <laughs> to talk about this episode. So I am so glad that it is finally happening so we can... Put people out of their misery slash fulfill their dreams. You were one of our first guests, and you said right there and then that you wanted to do this episode. And I'm like, okay, that's going to be great. I am saving that for a special day. Mm. Just and like, this is that day? This is that day. I'm saving it along with the episode where we see Munch and Finn share a motel room, yes. and Finn is all dressed in his do-rag, and Finn- Munch has Munch his, his black silk pajamas. That one, on. yes. Yep. <laughs> but Sarah, why did you want to- I don't know why I'm asking this question. Why did you want to do this episode? I mean, now it's turned into like a capital T thing Mm -hmm. that's like part of my public TV watching persona. (laughs) But there's something about this episode that is, I mean, it's everything that we love and also cringe at (laughs) on SVU. Mm -hmm. Like this is peak. I mean, when you hear the season number, like, yes, this is the peak um, of SVU, like taking weird left turns in the middle of episodes. Like you think it's going to be one case and then Mm -hmm. 
it's something totally different. And the other thing, which should have been like an entire sweeps arc, is just discarded in like eight minutes. <laughs> this has that. <laughs> you have many, many familiar guest stars. Um, it is a lake episode, as you know. Oh, yes. I'm a fan. Yes. Irony-free uh, lines like the infamous turn on the sun, but also uh, this is peak SVU unalloyed horror at the internet and online life mm. in a you know manner unbecoming of detectives who work in this division. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dr. Wong is present, which is always a plus totally. for me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I don't think I'd watched it um, with anything except a, like sort of TV comfort food eye. Uh, before, but as I was prepping for this podcast, uh, <laughs> the actual detective work is is not bad. Like there's a little bit of process in it that's not uh, completely incredible, uh, or at least not to the degree that has taken over now in as we record this season twenty. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I have a real soft spot for fictional imaginings of virtual reality that are extremely kludgy mm -hmm. um lawnmower man yep yeah virtuosity and of course vixie platinum That's right. and her cohorts <laughs> so there's so much about this episode to love um and make fun of so i swear to god i saw vixie platinum in uh rock band three <laughs> as one of the <laughs> avatars you could choose pretty much i think she might have blue hair though but, uh, <laughs> she's, a, she's a classic <laughs> all right let's take a look at the first half of this episode svu season nine episode two avatar Poor Christy is being raped by her sister's boyfriend, but Dan has a condition that causes him to have sex in his sleep. So everyone says, okay, seems cool. <laughs> and so ends another seven-minute episode of SVU. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There's still a problem, though. Sister Rachel is missing. Mm. There's never been a case of sex omnia linked to a homicide. You're telling me there's no connection between Dan attacking Christy and Rachel's disappearance. If she's in love with Dan, I doubt that she'd leave in the middle of the night. I think Rachel was kidnapped. After complaining about all the shitty leads that they're getting, everyone runs to a girl who thinks Rachel can be found in virtual reality. Looking for the avatar Vixie Platinum, her friend, Tawny Coppercups, <laughs> explains... <laughs> In the on online world of another universe, universe with a Y, right. they run a sex club and have lots of creepy fans they have virtual sex with. Vixie's biggest customer is an avatar named Wit Billions. <laughs> <laughs> but his real-life user's alibi was being on the Jumbotron at Chase Stadium. So he has to have an accomplice. <laughs> Wit Billions has been spending time with Smarty culottes. And at this point, I cannot believe someone didn't get fired from the writer's room at NBC. So they find Smarty Coolot's creator, Nestor Buchanan, in the same rare bookshop where Chester Lake uh, gets his early Hemingway editions. So after, You're welcome. After busting Nestor, he points the finger at the store's owner, Julian Cooper. Cooper's vanished with his computer. 
And at the house, SVU finds a photo of a girl who resembles the Vixie Platinum avatar. They locate Cooper's abandoned warehouse, of course, and find Rachel tied to a bed and loaded with sedatives. Matching his fingerprints, they find Cooper served 20 years for kidnapping Lauren Mulby, a girl who looks just like Vixie Platinum. Listen oh. to everything that you just said before you ask us a single question. <laughs> just like yeah. listen back to the tape and everything uh-huh. you just said. Uh-huh. That was part one. I know. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, open for discussion. A guy who has sex when he sleeps, uh, you say it's a medical condition. Oh, okay, you're free to go. Yeah, even Casey's down with it. She's like, ah, oh, we can't prosecute that. It's fine. I I, my notes read, wait, this is also the sleep raping case? <laughs> and here's my favorite. The dad of both both victims comes into, like, he's furious that they can't do anything about the sex somniac. Mm-hmm. We are working around the clock to find your daughter. Good, because so far all you have done is hide behind the law. Mr. McGarrett. No excuses. Find my daughter. Yeah. yeah. And then he leaves the station yeah. <laughs> it's like find my daughter when you do text me bye yeah. yes and it's then like, it's like somebody who got bad customer service you know yeah and then he gives a press conference in which he shits all over the svu unit and then proceeds and to give the, the people tip line of the svu unit listen those incompetent cops that couldn't solve my daughter's rape you should call them to try to solve my daughter's kidnapping yeah well, let's oh, go back though for a second to the sex omnia thing shall we all right okay. because First of all, I'd like to say, you know, if it's a disease, you can get off and be like, hey, I'm an alcoholic. You can't charge me with drunk driving. Yeah. I have a question about this disease. Okay. So uh, Dan, Uh his name's Dan, Dan, right? Says that Rachel says that it was- She says, when I'm asleep, it's the best sex she's ever had. (laughs) Having sex with him when he was sleeping. Yeah. So if a sexomniac, which by the way, Wong and Casey just start saying that like it's casual, like we all know about it, which is hilarious. Uh If a sexomniac doesn't have a girlfriend- does he just lock himself into his bedroom every time he goes to sleep so he won't randomly sleep somebody who didn't consent to it? Like, how does that even work? I don't know. I think it's the best masturbation he ever had, Oh, right? my God. It's real bad. I, Sarah, I think what happens is Rebecca tries to pull this shit on me where I say, hey, you want to have sex? And she says, no, we had it while you were asleep and you were great. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I, I guess we're good then. Yeah, my actual husband's name is Dan, so I'm not even going to go there with the jokes about this yet. I like how Wong jumps from, oh, this guy has sexomnia? Well, that means Rachel must have been kidnapped. Quite the leap, quite the investigative leap he just makes. Like, There's a million other possibilities. She could have left. She could be at the bodega getting coffee. No, she was... I mean, we don't see a broken window. We don't see a broken lock on the door. We don't see tire marks outside the apartment. But kidnapping is the next most probable conclusion. She could just be really pissed that he's raping his sister. Like (laughs) We are are never, ever, ever getting back together. That's true. (laughs) So, friend Ginger... (laughs) Why change your name? For the AY universe, if your name is actually Ginger. If you're going to be a little- Tawny? Sh- yeah. Why, why just why just not be Ginger? Tawny Copper Cups. Yeah. <laughs> so she shows all of us the uh, the world known as another universe. Rachel and I use AY to explore our fantasies. What kind of fantasies? We own a couple of virtual sex clubs. I'll show you. Here's me and Vixie entertaining a couple dates. I think this is NBC computer graphics department wet dream, right? They're like, just go out and do whatever you want and make people real. And we'll just have 
you know, it just ha- adds sound effects of the uh, club where we're going to have the whip. <laughs> well, and do you get the feeling that whoever named some of these things, like these were just placeholders mm. and then nobody noticed? And it got stuck. Yeah, like smarty, cool, smarty, cool, smarty, cool, is that's like it's like so there is a real thing like that there is like a phenomenon where if you play you know on an online gaming system like you just get like a slug name mm-hmm. that you know like our sons for example got the slug name for their like I think it was the Xbox it was imparting pie yeah <laughs> and they just kept it because it was funny yeah <laughs> randomly think, generated words that's right that's right smarty culottes is a hundred percent imparting pie but it does not in any way like it's like imparting pie is funny because it's random smarty culottes is just so stupid. It's like somebody who shopped at Sears came up with a randomly generated name. Uh-huh. Well, and that like underage wonder stage, like I'm <laughs> yeah. sure whoever thought of that was like, ha ha ha, and this will get cut. And then they're like sitting down to watch the aired episode and they're like, holy shit, nobody cut that. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the world of another Can universe. We? Can we please? So we go to Vixie's sex den, whatever yes. it is. She's missing. And she has all these fans who are protesting, the avatars are protesting that she's late. Who are all these guys holding signs? Those are Rachel's fans. She performs every day at 2 p.m., but she didn't show today. We miss her already. So each one of these avatars stands in for a real guy? Yeah. This many devoted customers, she must be a real pro. Which means that somebody is sitting at home on their couch, going into their another universe, virtual life, for the purpose of standing on a sidewalk holding a sign. Like that is how they're spending their Saturday. Yeah, with their arms crossed. <laughs> that, that, that's how I was, I would go into another universe to have this. be sullen. <laughs> to be sullen. <laughs> you can be sullen at home. <laughs> but why not be sullen in two places at once? <laughs> and also that I'm presuming that within the um, game verse, stuff like protest signs costs you whatever y- unibucks <laughs> or however they pay for stuff <laughs> they do have their own, there is like a whatever economy yeah presumably they have to spend money do you think on, they like, buy the whole sign or do you think they have to buy the the sharpie the pole and the <laughs> the tape the oak tag <laughs> poster paper <laughs> <laughs> so the guy who made a billion dollars creating another universe is pretty loose about letting the police search around. There are a number of scenes in which Olivia is like, well, we need this information. And Winton's like, well, here's how here's how you could get that information. Because he's not British. He's like Madonna British. Right? Gwyneth British. And um, then she's like, so cool why don't you do that and then he does you know fake typing yeah and calls up this information and like there are numerous exchanges like this where she's like i need x information and he says how here's how you get it and then she just stands there and then he's like i'll just do it apple won't unlock a terrorist iphone like here's all the pedophiles in the world that's right all of them well i guess they built a whole set with fake british dude where he had like numerous um virtual like cctv cams Mm -hmm, on the virtual world and I wonder if also something got cut where he was like showing off his search string, mad search string skills to live. 
And then tried to ask her out on a date. She was like, mm, no. do not turn on my son. <laughs> hey, Benson, remember that summer that you worked in computer, <laughs> computer crimes <laughs> while you were hiding your pregnancy? Do you think you know how to do a search? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I need Rollins for that. Control F, oh. fill in, pedophile. So Eric Wharton is like, here are all the times that wit billions and smarty culottes got together. <laughs> Here's Willis and Smarty on a snow-capped mountaintop, a beach, a virtual mall, and uh, here they are floating in a spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) One of the best visuals in the history of the show, because nothing says you are my online friend like, let's have sex and pay for it with this underage girl together, and then go to a virtual mall to buy cardigans. I don't know. It was whatever freaking shopping bags they were holding. They show him at the beach and like, uh, you know, Smarty Kulats has his well, like... Isn't one of them in an executioner's yes, yeah. hood? Like He's a like wrestler? Zodiac light. Yes. It's like, let's go fishing. Like, that looks really hot. Yeah. Climb a mountain. It's like, how do you think, oh, I'm, this, I want to be friends with this guy. Smarty Kulats is holding a fish on the beach and the executioner dude is literally holding his like head on axe. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> well, you, you got to... Uh, you got to fillet those fish somehow. Yeah. I love that somehow the computer decides we need screen grabs of this. That's to, right. For, to say for <laughs> forever. Now that we're done spanking it in our living room, let's go virtual fishing. Like, who does that? Let's go to the virtual mall, which has no escalator, apparently. They have to climb the stairs together. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that. Did you notice that they each had, like, bags in their hands because that's yes. how you shop in a virtual mall yeah instead of the stuff just flying into your like cash yeah yeah you literally have to have carried in a bag it apparently bag. is for the program what, and then go home with it get an uber <laughs> what do you do with the bags a uber yeah. uh-huh. a uber <laughs> okay we have we have first off a hey it's that girl hey it's that girl can you name the actress, Rebecca, playing Christy McGarrett? What's her name? I can't name her, but I can say she is the Linda Blair lookalike who also plays Frida on Insecure. That's right. <laughs> That's Lisa Joyce, and this is her fourth Law & Order appearance. Really? Yeah. She told me that she was in love with him. How could he do this? She's super good on Insecure, by the way. Super good. And we have a, a great Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's... That guy. Who is playing Julian Cooper? Oh my gosh. Here's how much even the show loves this episode. <laughs> this is Kevin Ty, yep. who came back in like season, I'm going to say 18. It was Carisi era, I'm pretty sure, because I think Carisi had to like infiltrate this guy's halfway house. <laughs> Kevin Ty came back to play the same character who was out on compassionate release i guess because he was dying of colon cancer why do i know this oh my god like if you google this i'm gonna be right (laughs) i paid my debt to society prison was a nightmare you think i'd commit a crime and risk going back yeah yeah he he uh is famous for playing roy de soto in emergency that 70s firefighter paramedic show did you say he's famous he's famous huh Famous for who? Famous to whom? Well, people like me who watch that show. His famous co-star is whom? Mantooth. Roy Mantooth? Randolph Mantooth. Randolph Mantooth. Randolph Mantooth. Yes. 
I only know that because there was a their dog on Third Watch at the firehouse was named <laughs> Mansion. Right. Oh, oh, God. oh, I love Third Watch. Oh. I'm the one who watched Third Watch. Oh, I, I did too. AMA. I loved oh, Third okay. Watch. Loved it. So apparently, uh, when they did the old like mug shot of Julian Cooper in yeah. this episode, where he had you know been arrested in the 70s. They used his headshot from Emergency, mm. which is great. It's, oh, yeah, he's really aged, you know, kind of well here. <laughs> also- He got so old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he definitely is one of those actors that looks like he's he's looked about the same age. He's looked about 52 mm-hmm. for like 30 years. Mm. Yeah. He's looked about the same for a while. I think when you're blonde and you get sort of that white platinum hair, you can just be, you know, like that- like John Slattery, you could just or if you're bald, yes. like yeah. Cragen, you can look the same uh-huh. for oh, like yeah. 25 years. Yeah, who knows how old he was? In <laughs> the first season of Law and Order, and then the 30th season of of SVU. I know he was actually like 19. You're like, wow. Kevin Ty also played Anthony Cooper in Lost. Really? That's John Locke's father who pushed oh, him out the window. That's right. Yes, and he was killed by Sawyer. Because he had been a con man and slept with, going by the name Sawyer, and slept with Sawyer's mother, and which caused the breakup of his family and the death of his parents and blah, 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 blah. And anyhow, it's Kevin Ty. Hmm. Kevin Ty is kind of a, like, oogier Ray Wise, if that's possible. (laughs) So in the most unlikely of coincidences, Hmm. Cooper owns the Rare Bookshop, where Chester Lake... (laughs) does all of his collecting. Mr. Lake, I was just going to call you. I tracked down an early edition of The Sun Also Rises. You a collector? Hemingway. No dust jacket, but uh, it's in great condition. Um, so, Sarah, what is a more endearing character trait to you, that he is a bibliophile or that he used to be an MMA fighter named Naptime? Oh, my God. That's so close. But I got to go bibliophile. <laughs> Where does he get the money to buy old books? I I would really, having worked uh, as an antiquarian book search coordinator once upon a time. Uh, You're full of shit. Did you really do that job? Yes, I did. did you, <laughs> yeah. Were you able yeah, to find a f- first edition of The Sun Also Rises? No dust jacket, but still in good shape? Uh, no. And if we had, I wouldn't have been allowed in the same room with it without archival gloves and like a rebreather. <laughs> like it's Hemingway. No, no, no. How much do you think that book would have gone for? Just you know, I'm just trying to. Oh, I mean, no, no cover. Yeah, <laughs> it brings the price down. Yeah, it. I mean, it does. But if it is a first edition, it still has the flyleaf. I don't know. Depends. Like four figures. Hemingway is a bit. Yeah, four figures yeah. easily. Yeah. All I have to say is this weird thing where, you know, you realize, uh, you know, th- this is, again, like a writer's room issue. So they mention <laughs> the name of the bookstore mm-hmm. and Chester is like, oh, I know that place. He doesn't say, oh, that's where I go to buy my books. So <laughs> he makes it sound like he walks by it in the morning the way to get his McMuffin or whatever. Yeah. But no, he actually is a customer there and knows the owner. But he doesn't say that. Yeah. Like, why doesn't he say that? <laughs> yeah, the guy's holding a book for me. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess he's spending his MMA winnings on <laughs> Maybe that's investment what it was. titles. So later on, okay. they locate Rachel 
in an abandoned warehouse. Yes. I have to ask, how many abandoned warehouses are there in Manhattan anyway, and why are they so cheap to rent? Well, my, I think the bigger question is, why does he need a rape staging area when he clearly already has somewhere to go with this victim and all of his stuff? Why does he need to rent a warehouse when he has already has like a place in the Poconos, wherever it was he was running to? Oh, this little cabin. Why? Well, and were they at a... I was under the impression that they were at like a storage pod. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, right. Okay, but it like was that. an abandoned storage. <laughs> pod? <laughs> I have a place that I is completely know. abandoned, but still has electrical power. It was definitely a warehouse because he was able to fit his car inside of it and drive right by Chester twice and still have Chester not see the license plate even though he was four feet from it yeah. both times. Too bad they don't have a computer to go to the DMV and find out what kind of cars he owns, right? <laughs> So I have a question. Yeah. Who keeps your to-do list of shit behind a photo in your house? It's like a to-do list. Buy meds, transfer 5,000 AY funds. <laughs> like, why would that have been taped to the back of that photo? It's not like there was anything on there. I mean, everything on there, ostensibly, he, w- he would have been trying to hide from investigators. But obviously, if investigators came into his house, they would look behind the picture of the photo because the photo was somebody that he kidnapped and they thought he murdered, like, two decades before. Why put the to-do list there, and is that where you hide your to-do lists? That's what I want to know. Uh, Why don't you just leave it on your counter and come up with code names for stuff since you're the only one using it? Like, just call, like... Because the list comes down... First of all, it's extremely neat, and Mm. only in a land where you have PAs right this thing does someone make a to-do list and the little check boxes like just draw a line through it (laughs) who has this kind of time you're a store owner do you like me yes no that very often has the check boxes (laughs) (laughs) or just put yn and then circle it but then he's extremely explicit to a you know we'll get you convicted of a felony degree of all the rapey killy things he has to do on this checklist so here's an idea just leave the post-it on the counter and call Rufy's cereal. <laughs> <laughs> and call the rope that you're going to tie her up with milk. <laughs> I mean, are you going to forget that this is what you need to do? And also it was three things. Shit's sake. <laughs> this is all you think about. You're a, like, this is all you think about. You're a pedophile. Like, perhaps you could keep three things in your head. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. You know, let's take a look at the second half of this episode. <laughs> the second, the second half. The second half. <laughs> Elliot yeah. finds Cooper trying to skip town and brings him to Rachel's hospital bed to make a voice identification. But when he brings her over, Liv says, Rachel died suddenly of a cardiac arrest. Womp womp. <laughs> They're only wet. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it feels. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's how much attention the show actually gives her death. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, their only hope now is to find the body of the girl that he kidnapped decades ago. Mm. You're looking at a very long stretch in a very small cell. No, you're looking at my back as I walk out the door. You've had hours. 
But you haven't charged me. Because you've got nothing. But where could that body be? <gasps> Cooper said that they lived together willingly in a cabin on a lake upstate. So he probably buried the body in that virtual world, too. <laughs> As Liv says, it's their best lead. <laughs> I mean, that's not untrue. <laughs> However, yeah. Uh, hey, so they have to they have to find the body before Cooper leaves the country. While Finn and Chester just drive randomly north, Olivia asks the game creator <laughs> to find Cooper's virtual cabin because it's going to be exactly like his real life cabin. Mm, exactly. I mean, even where the windows are. Uh, he wouldn't have made any improvements no, or, or exactly. made it cooler in any way. <laughs> Inside the cabin, a sleeping teenage avatar named Lauren can be seen. They figure out which lake this cabin is on, but how can they narrow down where it is? Benson says, I've got a bright idea. <laughs> wow. Why don't you turn on the sun? Yeah. And dipshit Zuckerberg says, whoa, people are going to be really freaked out by this. The rising sun shows the cabin is on the east side of the lake, which was really fucking helpful, I guess. In the cabin, they find Lauren Mulby alive and well, saying she's been waiting 25 years for Cooper to come back to her. Reunited after all these years, Lauren expresses her love while Cooper is horrified. It seems the downside of pedophilia is your victims grow up. Mm. He admits after all these years that he's got a second chance with Vixie Platinum because that avatar would never get old. Right. Well, there is so much happening. I would love to see these police officers write this out in an arrest warrant and take oh, it to a judge. God, seriously. Okay, first off, Mr. Cooper, he seems to be making the slowest escape of all time. Yeah, and he leaves all of his bags behind every single time. <laughs> he lost the bag again. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite bag. things is they said Lake and Finn to catch Cooper at, uh, you know, they get the call that he's in a bus station in Queens. Uh, switch over to the bus station in Queens, and the graphic says, bus station, comma, Queens. Queens. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, throws that's... his bag in the bus, and they arrest him, leaving the bag behind. And then later, when Elliot arrests him at the airport... They once again just leave his bag behind. I'm like, this guy is losing all of his small travel size toothpaste <laughs> and all over I the city. I believe there was also a couple of semi-packed suitcases in the abandoned storage <laughs> right. yeah, pod of death. <laughs> this man had a lot of luggage uh, for, for a guy who lived in a tiny cabin. That's right. Uh, yeah, and they also like he also stops in this convenience store to get coffee. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got time. <laughs> I got an hour to kill. I just gotta get out of the country. I just get one of those Montreal. Greek cups. And then he's snarky about Elliot needing decaf, and Elliot is totally in his proxemic bubble. Like, what I need is to arrest him. <laughs> Kevin Ty's like, chill out. We all got our jobs. He's like, I got Settle plenty down. of sedatives I could give you if you really need him. <laughs> I mean, cereal. <laughs> I'm cereal. <laughs> So Eric Winton helps the investigation by turning on the sun. Yes. Uh, which is a classic moment in television. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. If the sun was shining, we could see which direction the house faces or go which side of the lake it's on. So turn on the sun. We've never done that before. Olivia, we're a few miles away. Dutchess County cops are already at the lake, but it's huge. They don't know where to start. Just give me a minute. Turn the sun on. About to seriously freak out five million people. Do it. 
So when he does this, it sounds like a Van de Graaff generator warming up. (laughs) (laughs) What is up with that sound? That happens every day, apparently, in AY. (laughs) Yeah, because, um, you know, it's important to imitate the sun's natural hydraulic lift sound effects in the game. (laughs) Punch it, Chewy. There's something very, like, Truman Show about that moment, right? Where they, they they do the sound, like, as if the lights are being turned on and taking everybody out of their fantasy world. And this fantasy world is supposed to be such a fantasy where you can just have like underage strip clubs and all this stuff. But then the topographical map of the lake, which is the recreation of the place that was a real place, looks exactly (laughs) as shitty and the same as like whatever shitty upstate New York lake he actually had this little cabin on. It's like, why would the lake look exactly the same? Why would the cabin look exactly the same? How would Julian Cooper create it exactly the same? (laughs) Exactly. Do Do you know how many lakes there are in New York State? Seven thousand. <laughs> they get seven thousand four hundred lakes. All right. And once Chester and Finn get up there, seven thousand and one. <laughs> oh, Chester Lake. Oh God. Just go to Dutchess so County. Sorry. It'll all work itself out. The, 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 the continuing existence of the cabin is a real loose end in the story uh-huh. because we do hear that uh, Lauren, Lauren has been like working as a waitress to feed herself or whatever for twenty five years. My question is, who has been paying the property taxes on this cabin? <laughs> Who's been mowing the lawn? Who has been like going to town and like, you know, doing the water bill? Who's been like, like shoveling the snow? Who has been doing those things? Well, and don't you eventually get if you're doing it, if you went and got a job so you could feed yourself and then like bills come and you're like, I guess I better pay those. Like, do you use your kidnapped name? <laughs> What is it saying? You're W four. Yeah, V platinum. I, I did. I did like the, the very helpful sign on the bed in the cabin that he made in the game, where he put her name on the bed in a little placard. Kind of arched, like it was word like, art. Do you not remember <laughs> her name? Is mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> So after waiting for Cooper for 25 years, only to be spurred because she is now an adult, Lauren is probably rethinking her life choices. (laughs) Don't you still love me? What happened to you? What do you mean? (laughs) You got so old. (laughs) I waited 25 years. Yeah, and she's like, oh, wait. You're Kevin Ty. This can't be good. I'm out. <laughs> and I'm taking the cabin. <laughs> yeah, who gets the cabin? Uh, yeah, what does happen to the cabin? It's kind of a nice cabin. I have to say, like, when they walk up to it, it is a, unlike the upstate shacks that they very often have to go to to rescue people who have been held against their will for periods of time, which has happened in many other SVU episodes. Yeah. This cabin is very well kept. The logs are all shiny. Yeah, well, I think mm-hmm. that she gets to keep the cabin in real life, and he gets to keep the one in another universe. Yeah. Yes, which leads to an additional set of questions. <laughs> additional set of questions. It really is crazy. Like, it doesn't hold up, like we've just been saying. But, like, this is the kind of SVU crazy that I enjoy, that mm-hmm. has made me uh, a fan of the show and made me stick with it, even though it's we're fully into hate watching Yep. now. And, uh, but this era, when... 
people were just kind of swapped in and out to deal with maternity and paternity leave without explanation and then were like written off the show because they committed crimes. Okay. Uh, Like they had so many plots that they were just cramming them in like two and a half or three per episode. Right. It reminds me like when the Beatles would take like half of a song and they're like, what else can we do with this? How about we string them all together and we'll make the second side of Abbey Road? This is the era when they would like red herring you with one rip from the headline story and then swap in a second one and then like do it a turn and make it a whole third one. And in season 20 of SVU, like there is the whole uh, rip from the headlines thing and it goes so far as to beat you with it. Like throughout the whole episode, like we get... It, we get it. And, th- and they're just not taking the time to create so many red herrings anymore. And that is what I think makes the show high art is all the red Yeah. Herrings. Well, and now it's it's definitely becoming like she's the activist, executive producer, and also the lieutenant who's constantly in the field and taking it personally because of Noah and constantly on the point of shocked, stunned and saddened, smeary face tears after 20 plus years in this division. Right. She is the easiest person to shock. <laughs> it's like, not only did he sexually assault her, but he picks pepperoni off the pizza before eating it. And she's like, this won't stand. And then sort of stomps off it. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. The virtual world depicted in this episode was inspired by the popular online community of Second Life. Launched in 2003, Second Life was just the latest in a list of three-dimensional virtual worlds users could access online. One of the things that set Second Life apart was that unlike online role-playing games, there was no particular goal for participants. They instead were encouraged to explore the virtual world and interact with other people's avatars. With this freedom, residents have brought many real-life institutions into Second Life. The world boasts universities, shopping centres, churches and its own newspaper. Players use their avatars to perform concerts, play sports, and fall in love. There's an adults-only section, too, in which avatars can kiss, have sex, or take part in a virtual BDSM community. Second Life has been praised for the freedom it allows disabled or homebound players and the social skill-building it affords young adults. 
Administrators at times have struggled to keep up with illicit behaviours on their computer-generated world. These include gambling, financial fraud and use as a communications platform for criminals and terrorists. Since 2013, 36 million Second Life accounts have been created. Okay, who the fuck does this? <laughs> I barely have time for first life. There's like recycling piling up in here. Everything's dusty. I mean, I, I, that's great. Good for good for them. I just think it's kind of amazing that like seconds after they create this thing, someone figures out how to do a Ponzi scheme in like <laughs> e-Ponzi. That's so, so, oh, that's sad. Human nature. Yeah, I but I know people who do, and all people I know who do it are super normal, and it's just something that they've done. And I don't know why. Maybe you should ask one of them. Uh-huh. Obviously, n- neither one of us has. <laughs> well, there are a lot of, you know, video games online yep. uh, that use similar things, and some are an existing world where if you leave, it still stays there. It's, it's permanent. Like so you Minecraft, come back. yeah. Like Minecraft. There are also you know different video games that are just standalone games, but they use a lot of the same technology. And like the Elder Scrolls, where you can get married, go into somebody's house, read their books. Yeah, this was pillage great. their village. This was great when our <laughs> this was great when our ten year old son got married in Mist. No, it was a uh, second. It was Elder Scrolls. It was um, no, it was it was not Mist. Oh, it was not Mist. It was <laughs> it was the Elder Scrolls game, whatever that thing is called. It oh was God, one of those games. Mist. It was not Mist. Oh, was it Mist? No. He was slaying dragons. He got married. He got some lady to work on his boat. It was a whole thing. Yeah, there's some. It just it's it seems like Skyrim. Skyrim. Yeah, <laughs> it seems really inconvenient if you want to be a marauder to get married, <laughs> because she would just be all over you. Like we never spent time together. Yeah, it's true. There's an experience points joke here. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were an avatar, what would you look like? I would look like me, but younger and thinner. End of story. Just like Vixie Platinum. <laughs> Pigtails or no? No, ew, no. Sarah, you? What, what would your um, avatar look yeah, like? Yeah, that. Um, I think I would get those crazy big Iris Apple glasses for my <laughs> avatar, and but I would just have better hair that does what it's supposed to do. <laughs> what about you, and Kevin? Other than that, it's the same. Like, um, I had to make an avatar for my uh, nephews, like when he got a Wii. <laughs> the Wii me. And he's like, yeah, he's like, but this, you know, why don't you make it look different? I'm like, why? (laughs) He's like, because you look like a Wes Anderson character. I'm like, but I always look like that. He's like, yeah, I guess that's true. I want to see myself playing tennis. (laughs) He's like, look at those bangs. They're perfect. (laughs) Kevin's wee me looked so much like him that we once had a birthday cake done of Kevin. His pic- but instead of putting his picture on it, we put his wee me on it. Yeah, it was- and the only difference was those little stupid ball hands. And in every other way, it looked exactly <laughs> like you. <laughs> That's really cute. If I were in Second Life, I think that my avatar would be a two-headed dragon, like Zack and Wheezy from Dragon Tales. Mm. I'd have like little wings. and Why? Why not? Why not? I could. You don't like the executioner, Zodiac Killer style <laughs> costume? No, who would make friends with me? <laughs> who would take you fishing or to yeah. the mall? Yeah. Um, so one application of virtual reality is that, and this is true, workplaces use Second Life as a virtual reality conference room. So employees from around the world can attend the meeting as an avatar. Who would be excited about attending that meeting? Well, it's like Slack. Plus, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like that idea. I don't know. I'd be game. It's better than one of those stupid uh, 
what is that conference service that everybody go to meeting mm-hmm. that like there's always one jackhole who can't figure it out <laughs> and yes. it's like wait I thought I was the one who called the meeting you all have to come into my conference room and it's like no there are 12 of us sitting here and there's you in Wisconsin call the number you were supposed to call don't be a jackhole turn on your computer speakers like I hate that stuff I hate it this sounds way better yeah but this that would still be happening it's just you would see everyone's Avatars like rolling their eyes, <laughs> <laughs> checking their phones. And... We know they can look at their watches and, and discuss. There's always going to be someone who's like, "Who brought virtual peanuts in here?" That's not as a thing. Oh, Who put virtual fish in the virtual office microwave? <laughs> Stop burning the virtual popcorn. <laughs> I think it'd be great. Like my boss came in as a minotaur. <laughs> Well, that is going to do it for us. We want to thank our very special guest, three-time champion, Sarah D. Bunting. Sarah, where can our listeners follow you online? Oh, gosh. Well, uh, you can follow me, and I do issue periodic um, alerts as to when this episode is on. (laughs) So if you missed it this time around, you can follow me on Twitter at Tomato Nation. uh, And I also host a true crime review podcast called The Blotter Presents. And you can follow that at Blotter Presents. And Rebecca Lavoy, how can our listeners follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Reb Lavoy. And you can listen to Crime Writers On, the greatest podcast that is also about true crime, but totally different than Sarah's. So not better than hers, just different. Ah, okay. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of crossover events, and it's great. So much. So much. We are like the uh, Law and Order and Chicago Fire and uh, Third Watch <laughs> Yeah, repopulating cycle we've got going on. We're really that shitty? I, no, I think okay. we're awesome. <laughs> you can track me on Twitter at Vixie Platinum. You can also tweet to us <laughs> at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at stitcherpremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act, fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft Above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. In In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.